0: You don't see it until you see it. And you can't unsee it once you see it. One day, all of a sudden, I just saw it. My thoughts were, hey, this is a problem. Something just isn't right here, and maybe it's not me. Before this, I made excuses. I justified everything. He's not feeling well today. He had a rough childhood. He's stressed at work. He didn't have any siblings. Well, the kids were being too loud or frustrating. Our son could have been more obedient. I could have been more understanding. I could have said that better. I should have known that he would have been upset. And I want to take a minute here and just make sure I address this. I say he because that was my situation. But I fully recognize that there are men out there who are living this world with a covert narcissistic wife. I get it. I know that that's there. So so this applies. The Gender is not the issue here. It is he or she. Anything and everything and all of these excuses, except for he should not talk to us this way. His words are mean and hurtful. His tone is not okay as my partner for life. He is not a loving and compassionate person. These were not the thoughts that were coming through my head. Why not? Why were those not the things that I was thinking or saying? I misdirected the fault, all of the fault, for what was going on for years, many years, laying the blame everywhere except where it truly belonged. Until one day. You know, when someone's positive behavior surprises you, then maybe, just maybe, You need to ask yourself if this is a good person. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. Thank you so much for joining me today. Why do we make all the excuses? Why do we give them the benefit of the doubt over and over? Why do we misdirect the blame and not put it where it truly belongs? Why does it take us so long to truly start to see reality? What does it take for us to finally see it? Think about your own life. Think about you. Have you ever snapped at someone because you were stressed at work? You know, you had a rough day at the office, people demanding things of you, struggling to get anything done, maybe even feeling like you just can't do anything right, pouring all this energy in, but getting nowhere. Nowhere. So you leave for the day feeling frustrated and exhausted and overwhelmed. And at the grocery store, you know, on your way home, someone blocks the aisle with their cart, just not paying attention. And you snap, barking at them. Get out of the way. Can't you be more considerate? But later you reflect on it. You know, I really shouldn't have fussed at them. That's just, you know, that wasn't okay. It wasn't their fault. My frustration wasn't because of them. Maybe, you know, you accidentally even leave your cart in the middle of the aisle, like two aisles over, blocking someone else, and you realize the irony. Jeez. Okay. I'm sorry. It does happen. This is a moment that can open your eyes to this, you know, these misdirected feelings. It wasn't their fault that you were upset. Your frustrated reaction is understandable, but not okay. It does make sense but it needs to be fixed. You learn from it, you find space to allow those around you to be human. So the excuse, I am stressed at work, is true, and it gives you a little room for understanding, but it's not normal behavior for you. Well, okay then, it's a reasonable excuse and behavior that then gets corrected. Well, because you do that, this makes it easier for you to give that same understanding to someone else. As humans, we actually expect that other people are very similar to ourselves. That they behave in the same way, they think the same way, and so on. So when someone we love and care about acts out in a surprisingly aggressive manner, it's really very easy to make excuses and justifications for them. Well, they're stressed at work. I've been that way before. I've made some mistakes because of it. They didn't mean it. But here's something to consider. And I've mentioned this before in previous episodes, what does it take for someone to say this about you? Wow, that's really not like you. What does it take for someone to have that thought about you? If it's that you got mad at somebody in the grocery store, well then there's probably another underlying reason. It's just a one-off event. And understandable. Not okay, but understandable. Having nothing to do with that person in the store. Having nothing to do with that you are a mean and ugly person. However, if for them to say, wow, that's really not like you is because you did something kind and you helped someone, well, that's a whole other issue then. If your kind gesture and and your peaceful response to someone causes them to think that's really not like you, then you might need to do some serious self-reflecting. Now think about the person in your life that has brought you to this very podcast. What makes you say or feel this about them? What makes you go, wow, that's really not like them? Is it an angry outburst? Or is it a peaceful evening? Is it an evening full of turmoil and circular conversations? Or is it an evening of happiness and genuine playfulness? What I'm trying to say here is, If the angry outburst is not like them, if it surprises you, then look for the underlying reason. There's probably an excuse or a justification that makes sense. They probably aren't feeling well, or they got triggered from their past, or they had a tough day at work. And it's okay to explore that with them and to be understanding and forgiving and caring. But if that angry outburst does not surprise you at all, then it's a consistent part of your daily life with them. Forget about the underlying reasons. Drop the excuses. Who cares? If it isn't that excuse, it would just be a different one. Or maybe not even one needed at all. This is a person who needs to do some deep internal work. Who needs to self-reflect and grow up. Who needs to learn some healthy coping skills and quit taking their issues out on you. So What does it take for someone to finally see the abuse as abuse? A comment from a friend or a family member? A video clip on their phone that catches their eye? Maybe our new TikTok channel. One sharp word too many from that partner? A level of exhaustion that eats to your very bones? So deep, so painful. Everyone has their own breaking point. What was it for you? What finally got your eyes open that you started looking up covert narcissism, that you found me? People often tell me about a friend, a sibling, an adult child that's in a relationship or a marriage with a covert narcissist and they just can't see it. And they want so desperately to help them. They want them to see it, to get help, to stand up for themselves, to to help their kids, and maybe even to leave. However, this loved one of theirs is still protecting the abusive partner. I've been there. Were you? Did you protect that abusive partner? I did it for years, more than a decade. You just don't see it as abuse. They make excuses, they being the people who are trapped, you know, your friends and family that you're now looking at from the outside. They make excuses and justifications and then pour all of their work into helping this partner of theirs. Looking from the outside is incredibly painful, especially with people we love. So people that I talk to, they ask me, how can I help them? What can I do to help them understand and see the abuse? I'm going to tell you, they're not going to see it until they're ready to see it. No matter what you do. You weren't ready to see it. You couldn't see it until you were ready to see it. It may come. It may not. If you speak up too much, they'll get resistant to you. I've experienced that. They'll pull away and they'll turn more towards that partner. But you can plant seeds in them and one day those seeds may grow. You can share with them stories from your own background, expressing events, reactions, feelings that you have lived through without relating it to their situation. Let them reach that conclusion on their own. It's the only way most people will ever actually accept it. It has to come from within themselves. But along the way, put your arms around them. Love them, support them. Give them emotional safety with you. Loving them no matter what choices they're currently making regarding that relationship. Emotional safety is huge. Without emotional safety, we're just not free to be open. We're not free to explore the thoughts and feelings we're having inside of ourselves. But if you can give them that emotional safety, it will pay off. That safety goes a long way in giving someone the freedom and the security to be able to open up. When they start voicing their own stories to you, then they are beginning to see what is going on. Let them. It's going to come in baby steps. Don't say to them, finally, I thought you would never get here. And don't take that little bit they're giving you as an invitation to dump everything you've ever read about covert narcissism in their lap. They're not ready for this. Just give them the safety to to start exploring their own thoughts and feelings. What are the first signs that someone is starting to see it? They begin telling stories of what's going on with someone close to them, someone they feel safe with. I remember the first person I ever shared a single story about my marriage, that it was not the perfect marriage that we presented to the world. I remember that day. I was terrified because giving voice to my reality, that's scary. Voicing it forced me to see it. I couldn't keep living in denial of it. So give that emotional safety to those people in your life that you're looking at and wanting to help. Another sign that people are starting to see it is you begin collecting evidence to validate your reality. Being made to believe that your perceptions are wrong for so long has major impacts on your own psyche. You truly start to wonder if you're crazy. So you begin documenting, writing stuff down as it happens, so that when they say, oh, that never happened, you can come back to what you wrote. Starting to write down, you know, what he or she said or did, even recording and videotaping stuff, people are doing that, not to turn it into somebody, not to share it, for their own sanity. You can go back later and listen to it to prove to yourself you're not crazy. These beginning stages, they're for you, not for anyone else. Another sign that people are getting their eyes open is you start Googling. You know, you start changing what you're Googling. People who are in toxic relationships don't Google words like, you know, emotional abuse and toxic relationships and why, you know, what's wrong with me? Am I good enough? All of these things. These people are Googling things, you know, people in healthy relationships, they're Googling things like the latest movie reviews or a foreign language to learn or what's going on in the news or pop culture. Check your Google history. If you give it a fairly good glimpse, it might show you what all has been going on of your mind lately. Another sign that someone is getting their eyes open to this abuse is when they become more conscious of their own behaviors. I was spending enormous amounts of energy anticipating the moods and reactions of my covert narcissistic husband. For years, like at least 13 years, I was doing this subconsciously. I had no idea what was going on. Until one day, it was like a light bulb turned on. One day, I just saw it. I was consciously aware that I was anticipating his bad behavior, preparing for it, trying to figure out how to avoid it, and already working to minimize the damage of it before it ever even happened. I was that sure that it was going to happen because it happened all the time. And once I saw this, I could not unsee it. It was now in my consciousness. With this consciousness came the awareness of a pattern. The individual moments of abusive behavior had always been seen by me as independent events. Each one stood alone as an unrelated occurrence with with its own excuse, justification, reason. None of them had anything to do with each other. There was no pattern. However, as everything became clearer, the pattern of horrible behavior was finally visible to me. Identifying that pattern is crucial for one to start seeing the abuse as abuse. Once a pattern is identified, one can no longer excuse it away. At least not easily. You can't reasonably justify it anymore. All of a sudden, all those apologies that we thought were genuine in the, in the moment that they were real, they were meaningless. I mean, nothing ever changed because the behavior just continued. If someone is genuinely sorry, then they make efforts to improve that behavior. They don't keep doing it over and over. When someone starts talking about a pattern of bad behavior, it is certainly time to listen. I know that it is incredibly difficult to watch from the outside with those that we love. I know this firsthand. However, give them grace. Remember what you went through. Remember what you are going through. Remember where you were before you saw it, trying to make sense out of this nightmare that you were in. Our brains are incredibly good at adjusting to the environment that we're in. Your own brain prevents you from seeing all the bad that you are living I talked about this in last week's episode about the internal disconnect between mind and body. If you missed it, go back and listen to it. If you are the one in this nightmare now, please open up to a few trusted friends or family members around you. I know it is terrifying, but start voicing your reality. It's a huge step in breaking the denial and lifting that fog. You're already here listening. You're here for a reason. You've come this far. Keep going forward on this path. Listen to last week's episode. Go back and listen to a few more. Last week's episode, I give you some tips on how to reconnect your mind and your heart. These exercises will absolutely help you to get a clearer picture of your reality and to start trusting yourself again, to be able to handle your life, your world. I wish you so much peace on this journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to visit our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you can find many resources that are available just for you to gain more clarity and understanding. You're also welcome to email me at renee, R-E-N-E-E, at c n g cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C N G as in covert narcissism group. I look forward to hearing from you.